Welcome to Power Fueled Living, Spirit, Soul, and Body. Through Christ, we can thrive in every area of our lives. I'm your host, Lisa Hooks, and I am so excited about today's broadcast. Today, we're talking about how to overcome mistakes. We've all made them, and I have a wonderful host of guests. And let's start with Maggie. Maggie Cavanaugh, tell us about yourself. I am a life coach, uh, minister of the gospel, passionate about seeing people walk in wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, we do a lot of broadcasting ourselves. We've recently launched a broadcast about homesteading. And you might be thinking, well, what does that have to do with the gospel? It has everything to do with the gospel. You know, it says in the word to go and build houses and grow gardens. So that's what I'm up to these days. And I'm happy to be here with you today, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Coach Michelle Gibson. Hello. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I am Michelle Gibson, the Unstoppable Coach. I am an author, speaker, trainer, and I am the conduit to help connect women mainly to purpose, connecting them to other people and connecting them to profit, whatever their profit may be. If it's a peace of mind profit, it, it, it is a financial profit. And what I love doing is helping us as women to understand that we are so unstoppable and that our superpower is connection and our kryptonite is competition. So I just believe that by the grace of God, all of us have a role to play in this and I'm excited to be a part of it. So thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming, Minister Taffany Williams. Hello, Lisa. I am so super excited to even share the stage with you beautiful women. I am uh, excited about what God is doing in the lives of others as well as myself as we are all on this journey. Uh, I started Journey to Impact about eight years ago because we're all on a journey that we will not complete until we cross over into glory. God continues to peel the onion of our life and grow us in every stage that we're in. So we definitely start working on our identity, understanding our identity in Christ, then moving to a space of freedom, finding freedom through forgiveness, honestly. Then we can understand God's purpose for our life and move in sequence with that to create and to produce income, impact, and influence in alignment with our God-given purpose. So I am excited. I am a coach. I'm a mentor. I am a, a preacher of the gospel. Amen. So I want to talk about um, mistakes. We are in a time where we have had a very downtime, a lull, if you will, in most cases because of the COVID. Now, during this time, a lot of people have had to deal with things that they have not dealt with before because they were too busy. They have not dealt with soul wounds. They have not dealt with relationships. They have not dealt with personal demons, if you will. And one of the things that has come to my attention recently was shame and regret from mistakes, from mistakes. A lot of people are dealing with mistakes and trying to overcome them, overcome the memory even. When we make a mistake, we are often reminded of it. 
we're reminded of it just by our own memories. We're reminded of it in conversation. We're reminded of it even in action when we're on our jobs, when we have some type of uh, influence and we've made a mistake in our relationships when we made a mistake. And that that mistake can fester. It can fester into anger, shame, regret, and it can also offend. It can also offend. So I want to talk to you guys and I want your perspective and your experience on how you have overcome mistakes. So Taffany, let's start with you. Well, I got a list of those, right? <laughs> a long, long list of those mistakes. And my experience has been really understanding what true self-forgiveness looks like. Um, the biggest piece for me was understanding that I didn't know what I didn't know. And when I opened up that area and looked at the spaces that I was in when those decisions were needed to be made, I did not have the adequate information nor the wise counsel or any of those things that were necessary for me to be able to make a wise decision. And when I looked at that, I was able to step back and forgive myself and give myself some grace. You know, so often it's easy for us to extend grace to other people, but we have a hard time extending grace to ourselves. Now, that does not mean that I did not take responsibility for my own actions because I did. And I tried to make right those things that I had did wrong and go through the appropriate channels of choosing to forgive myself, asking the Lord to forgive me for those spaces. And when it was possible, going to the person and saying, please forgive me for this, you know, not making an excuse, not saying I didn't know better or any of that, just really saying truly from my heart, please forgive me, you know, and, and help me to help you to build that trust back. Because ultimately that space of me being able to build trust in that person's life, it's my responsibility because I was the one that made the offense. So just understanding the whole totality of the rekindling or the renewing or restoration of a relationship that was damaged or broken uh, because of a choice that I made, whether it was knowingly or unknowingly, still making those steps that were necessary to rebuild that relationship. Because ultimately, when I did not do that, I daily dealt with the shame and I daily dealt with the guilt. And I daily dealt with those things that it was like, oh, it's my fault that this happened or it's my fault. And I know those weren't my thoughts all the time, but at the same time, I was living with it. So whether it was my thoughts, the enemy's thoughts, God, whoever thought they were, I was the one living with it. And I was walking in that space of not being free to love, to live, to have joy, to have all those other things. So that was my process is choosing to forgive myself or choosing to apply the blood of Jesus, which showed me that I was already forgiven and choosing to ask God to forgive me and choosing to go to that person if if and when it was possible. Sometimes those relationships were damaged beyond the ability to go to them at that particular time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Self-forgiveness is a big key to overcoming mistakes. Michelle, what what's your take on that? Well, first, I just have to say Taffany um, really just said it all right, because as believers, it's the the route that she takes and that she took 
is really the blueprint I believe that God has given to all of us. What I will add, so thank you, Taffany, for that. It was very well said. Um, what I will add to it is that, you know, ultimately when I make a mistake, I try to first understand versus first being understood. So I'm looking at the word. If you just break down the word mistake, it's like, what did I mistake? I took something out of order or I took something out of context or I took something out of meaning, whatever it was, I missed it. And so because of that, I, I like Taffany. I believe it's important to first just take stock into the fact what happened. Oftentimes we want to move on to forgiveness of ourselves and others before we really take stock into what happened. What did I do? What did the other person do? Right. And I love what Daphne said. Like sometimes it's things that you did that were conscious to you and times that there were things that you just didn't know. And she said, you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes we've offended people and had no clue that we did it. Other times we know because Holy Spirit speaks to us right away. And it's like, you know, that was not like me. And because we are people who are bent toward love, if we really are followers of Christ, then that whole is not condemnation, but conviction will come over you so quickly and you'll know that you need to make an adjustment. So for me, it's looking at what did I mistake? And then secondly, taking the responsibility. I am as much as I'm quick to forgive. I say that. And we're all working on a building and I do try. But as much as I'm quick to forgive, I also need to make sure that I'm quick to take responsibility of me. And that means if someone shows me something or tells me something, I can't be the person that says, you know, I'm sorry, but what I was thinking. And this is so real because my children, I have two lovely children, an amazing husband, but we always had these family meetings. And my children really helped me to understand that I would say things like, um, I'm sorry, but what I really was trying to say or what I meant, and they would say to me, we understand you're trying to make sure that you know that you didn't hurt us intentionally, but what we really would appreciate if you would just stop at, I'm sorry. <laughs> Because sometimes that's all people really need. And the explanation of what happened comes later. We need to give people the opportunity to digest what we said, why we said, what we did, and be okay with that. And for me, as a person who loves and hates to harm other people, that's hard. Because I don't want to sit in that silence. I want to get straight to forgiveness. Amen. Amen. That is so good. Learning from our mistakes is very important. There's always lessons in our actions and learning from our mistakes, understanding what we mistook and also how could we have done it better or differently is very important to overcoming those mistakes and not making them again. And sometimes we do, we make similar mistakes again but Maggie, what's your what's your opinion on this? Well, I'll tell you, this is first of all, I just want to echo everything that my two sisters have said, because it is so on point and it's so true. You know, the whole reason that we named our ministry moving forward is because people get stuck. They get stuck in the area of shame, regret and condemnation. And Romans 8, 1 tells us there is no condemnation in Christ. 
And so all of those things that we have uh, trying to nip at our heels like a little chihuahua, you know what I'm talking about? Like that, you know, you did this and you said that and all of that. And and if you have put things in their proper perspective, like like Michelle said, you know, if you have gone and you have made amends and you have recognized, okay, this is what I did. And, and like Tiffany said, you go for the forgiveness issue, then you still have to be aware that the accuser of the brethren is real and he's not going to shut up. And we have to shut him up with what? The word of God, you know, the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. So I can testify to what these ladies have said is so on point and so accurate because myself, when I look at my life, there's a lot of area for regret, a lot. And I used to deal with it a lot, especially when it came to raising my children, because a large portion of their life, I was not a believer. And so when you look at that and then you think, oh, all that, you know, little voices like, well, you know, now that they're adults and anytime there's a mistake, the accuser of the brethren's right there going, da, 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 da. And I'm going, no, listen, I did the best I could as I knew how. Like Daphne said, I didn't know what I didn't know. You cannot implement a life of peace, love and joy if you're walking outside of the parameters of the Savior, his grace and mercy and so forth. So if you're watching this broadcast and you don't know Jesus, you need to reach out to somebody on here because that is where it's at. Use your mouth. If you need to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. If you need to forgive yourself, forgive yourself. But praying, praying for those people that you hurt, even if they did not accept your apology. Now that's important. How have you guys dealt with maybe people or situations where it didn't work out even when you apologized or tried to make it right? Um, I can speak to that on a couple of couple of, of, of levels. One, and I'll just speak of one. Um, when I was very young, I was molested by a family member and God gave me the opportunity to forgive him and to have a moment with him before he passed away to just stand and make that declaration. And in that space, he never asked for forgiveness. He never acknowledged that he had done anything wrong. However, the weight that was lifted off of me because of my choice to take my hooks out and allow God to do what he wanted to do in that space was so healing to me that it made it much easier for me to make that choice from that point forward. It also gave me the opportunity to ask the Lord to work on his heart before he passed away so that he could enter into the gates happily and have joy in whatever time that he had left. And the healing that began in me because of me making that conscious choice to let him off my hook and to lay him at the feet of Jesus allowed him to accept Christ before he passed away. And that has given me more desire from that point forward to make that decision to forgive quickly so that that person can have an opportunity to experience the joy of having a relationship with God that I get to enjoy. That's also, true. I'm not in my first marriage. And so my husband and I pray for our bonus parents on both sides. We are a blended family. So we get the opportunity to pray peace and joy and healing over those people from our previous relationships 
that we cause damage in. And it there again, it is very um, rewarding to get an opportunity to see them start to experience the joy of a personal relationship with God because of our obedience to extend forgiveness. We get to forgive. We get to make those things right. We don't have to because we have a choice, but we we get to. So that's been my experience. Unforgiveness is of of of, of Satan. It, it is not of God. It is not of God. God wants us to forgive. Forgiving in certain situations feels harder than others. But forgiveness is very important. And I like what you said, Taphne, about your relationships. In relationships, there's a fence on both sides. On both sides. And while, you know, often uh, many people contend on, you know, what that person did to them. But we also have to acknowledge what we did. We have to take ownership of our offense and ask for forgiveness. And, and so I love that you made that statement because it's very important. And many of you watching are holding unforgiveness and you're not acknowledging even what you have done. And I want to really encourage you, let it go. Bring it to the foot of Jesus, release it. Let it go and receive the healing that he wants you to have. Jesus came to give us life and to have it more abundantly. Abundant life. That's what he wants for you. And forgiveness is a major key to that. Michelle, what, what's your opinion on this? Well, I'm seeing, I'm listening to Taffany. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. She went there and I'm like, I'm not going there, but I am. So <laughs> I will say this, this is to the person, and I think it was because you just spoke to the audience and this is to that person who, um, unlike Taffany, did not have the opportunity to have the bedside confession and forgiveness moment. What if you missed it? What if it just wasn't there? And so for me, I've had that experience in a, in a very unusual way. So I never hardly tell a story unless it is um, beneficial for the people. I just feel like God's saying this. Um, I grew up as a, a, a PK. So my dad was a pastor. Um, I, I'm an ordained minister, all my brothers, sisters and, and everything. Now, prior to me um, becoming um, or walking into the um, gift or my assignment as minist in ministry, um, I was the typical PK. When I say that, half of what everybody has heard is true. The other half is just totally made up. We weren't as bad as they said we were, but I can attest that I was sneaky enough to have gotten into some trouble. When I was 18 years old, I found myself pregnant um, and unable to tell anybody. My father had told me that if you come home pregnant, do not come home. Um, the young man that I was involved with was abusive. I found myself as a teenager in an abusive relationship. I chose to do the ultimate thing that I never thought I would do because I am a pro-lifer. And, and this does not mean that everybody that watches this, I'm not judging. I'm just saying this is where I 
was and this is where I am, but I made a decision that totally went against who I was, how I was raised, and the guilt and shame that immediately followed was lasting. So I'd never given this child an opportunity. I'd never given this child space to be whom God had decided that this child was going to be. And I bore the shame of it. One day I'm preaching a sermon. My father, we were in a revival and uh, my dad had asked me to preach a sermon in the, in the, we, we would always work in these projects and, and just, it was, it was just a beautiful outdoor revival. And I, and I had been praying like, God, I just really need to let this off of me somewhere. Send me to some counseling. Let me be with a group of women where I can just like share my experience because I can't hold this anymore. Prior to that, I was living in Louisville, Kentucky. So I want to just back up and then I'll come real quick and make it quick. But I was living in Louisville, Kentucky, and the, the shame was so great that it would cause me not to sleep. I had all these nieces and nephews. I didn't have any children, wasn't married or anything. And the devil kept telling me, you'll never have kids. You'll never have kids because of what you've done. You'll never have kids. And I would see, I would go home and see my nieces and nephews and I could not pick up a child. It was like, oh, they're so cute. You know, it's like, I felt like I was going to break them or something. So I go back to Louisville and I get to my church and we had this all night prayer shut in. And I go in and I say, God, when I get up from here, I release myself. And I pray that I will never have the guilt and shame again. And I prayed when I woke up in the morning because I fell asleep, right? I prayed and went to sleep and I woke up in the morning in the church. And, but there was such a release off of me. I never got a chance to say anything to this child. How could I? So to someone who's never had a chance, God does not want us to stay there, right? There is forgiveness. Even if you can't go back, there's always a way to forgiveness and a way to forgive yourself. And that is speaking the word of yourself. I will not be tormented again. I have repented. Repentance is a change of mind, making a whole 180. I can say with assurance that I would never do that again. Even though people say never say never, I never thought I'd be in an abusive relationship. So I try not to say never in my own strength. But by the blood of Jesus, I know I'll never be there again. Fast forward, I'm speaking at this revival and I had not told a soul. And my parents are out of town. They're trusting me with the church. And here I am. The Lord says, say it now. And I'm like, no way. My in-loves are there. Now I'm married and I have like an 18 year, 18 month old baby. My husband knew, nobody else knew. And all of a sudden I begin to spill, begin to share. And when I finished the heaviness was gone, but I go up to talk to people. And this gentleman, he was about 70. He and his wife were sitting outside and he calls me over and he hands me the snow globe. And he says, I have nothing else to give, but I need you to understand through his tears. He says, your story freed me when I was in the military. And during the war, this happened to me. I have carried the burden of this for so many years, but now you freed me. And I will say to someone out there, the shame of your mistakes don't have to follow you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that your testimony will be the thing that frees someone else. And we don't have to, as believers, get caught up in what society is calling the cancel culture. We cancel the cancel culture because of the blood of Jesus. 
Amen. So now we're back in right standing and no one can cancel our assignment. Whether someone is listening to me and like, how could she do that? And because they haven't had my experience and they still are thinking that is the most horrible thing. I agree. It is horrible. But the blood of Jesus has cleansed me, just like your mistake. So even if you can't go back and change that thing or say that thing out loud to the person, God hears, he forgives, he restores, and he redeems. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing that. Maggie. Wow. Drop the mic. <laughs> I really, what can I say after that? What I will say after that is, is that first of all and foremost, there are so many people that have gone through that and the enemy will always make us feel like we are the only one, that we're alone. And you know, we know by the scriptures that we are never alone. Uh, the great I am is right there, the comforter, the healer, the restorer, you know, he's right there holding us together. And we think that we've gone too far. One thing I will say is, is that, you know, over the years, my background is in Christian counseling. So over the years, I have worked with people in these areas of letting these things go and the weight is heavy. And so if you are in a situation where you cannot do as someone's not there to forgive, you can do identificational forgiveness. You can get someone to work through that with you. You can write a letter. You can do anything that is going to release you from that. Oh my gosh, this is so, so good. But our time is up. <laughs> In these last minutes, please share a PowerPoint. Give me a fuel point. Taffney, give me a fuel point for the audience. Fuel point for the audience. Number one, you are not alone. Number two, we are here for you. Not against you, for you. Those main things that look like the things that you cannot get through are the things that you can and will overcome in order to not just help you, but to have a voice for someone else. Amen. Michelle. I would say that your mistakes are not your identity. Amen to that. And that there is purpose in every mistake. And Learn the lesson so you don't have to go back, but also move with intention so you can move on purpose in purpose. Because hey. there's something you're supposed to get out of that mistake that's supposed to fuel your purpose so you can achieve your purpose. Good, 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 Maggie. I would just say have compassion for others because you don't know their story. Everybody has a story and it might be easy for us to look from the outside uh, thinking they shouldn't have done this and they shouldn't have done that. But we don't need to reap judgment into our life. We need to sow compassion into the lives of those because what they have gone through might be different than your story, but we all have a story and God is trying to use our stories to bring healing and restoration. So be careful how you perceive uh, any of the testimonies that you've heard on this broadcast or any testimonies that you hear, because that is where freedom comes from. And I think I alluded to it earlier, but the scripture in Revelation tells us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So let your testimony be, um, you know, you don't get them without test. And so let it be something that helps someone else. Think that poor man might have never seen his freedom had Michelle not shared her heaviest burden. So do not be ashamed. Do not walk in condemnation. Walk in freedom and liberty to do all that God has called you to do. 
Amen. Amen. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me on Power Fuel Living. And thank you guys for tuning in. Please stay tuned next week for another great episode. Join Lisa each week for faith-filled, spirit-led messages and interviews that will empower you to live your best life, spirit, soul, and body.